My name is Jim Fleming, and this is Our Sunday School. I'm coming to you from the Hickson campus of Stewart Heights Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And we'd love to have you come and visit us. But if you're not in the area, please go to OurSundaySchool.com to see all of the resources we saw in class. All right, good morning, everybody. Thank you for being here today. If you've got your Bibles, let's open up to Jude. And we will look at today's uh, text. Your handout has a staple, but it's only three pages long. So, you know, we're low-key stuff today. All right, so as we do each week, we'll uh, read through Jude and then come back and ask a lot of questions. I have to say, uh, for years and years and years, uh, as a little boy, my dad uh, had a really nice Bible. He had a Cambridge Bible. And he, he always had two bookmarks in it. And I don't know if you've ever seen Bibles with two bookmarks in it. And I've always thought, that's just kind of kind of weird, right? I mean, what would you ever need two bookmarks for? Well, on Wednesday nights at Stuart Heights, we're going through a series uh, in Psalms. And I've got my text on Wednesday night in one bookmark and my Sunday morning text in the other book. And I feel like a grown-up now. So this is my, my grown-up two-bookmark Bible. So there's that. All right, let's read Jude, uh, and then we'll look at some questions. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father, and preserved in Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, Though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels, who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these speak evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them! For they have gone in the way of Cain, have run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and have perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are spots in your love feasts. While they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves, they are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. 
Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly, among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken to you before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. So today is week six in our series in Jude, uh, and today we're looking at verses uh, 20 through 23. Uh, and if you'll do me a favor, what I typically do uh, and have done for quite some time is whatever the section heading of the text is in the New King James Version of the Bible, that's the title for the lesson. Uh, it keeps me from having to be cute and dream up something funny or witty. It just it gets old. Uh, so the section heading for today is maintain your life with God. And I just really feel like that's inadequate. Uh, so when we get to the end of the lesson, if you've got an idea after I'm completely finished and you think there's a better title, then let me know because uh, I think that's a, a fairly lame one uh, relative to the others that have been quite good. So just drop that in there for a second. And okay, good. He's not going to do that. Uh, Sean McGarvey is in the middle of a kidney transplant right now, and he told me at fight night last night that he would supply me with an endless variety of images this morning for my viewing pleasure. And I, I got just a bit weak at, at around verse 16 and uh, saw that he was texting, and he, he's just messing with me. He's not actually going to do it. So, so I can breathe again. All right, where's my water? Um, <clears throat> So verses uh, 20 through 23. So Jude, he's finishing up his last you section. And we've talked about this. Uh, the second question there on your handout, what are the most repeated words in Jude? So we've got all these they comments and we've got all these you comments. And he's drawing this distinction between they, these uh, certain men that have crept in, and you, uh, you believers that are supposed to be doing the right thing. And he really finishes up this section, verses 20 through 23. Uh, focusing on what the godly should do in response to the ungodly. Uh, so we've, he's painted a very clear picture of what ungodly behavior looks like, what ungodly theology run amok looks like, how that uh, reflects back historically, and we can see this is consistent with times past, uh, how the apostles uh, uh, and Jesus Christ himself predicted that these apostates would be uh, inside uh, the church. And now he kind of gets to the, so, so what do you do? with all of this, right? So this is the, if you're a, like, just tell me what the bottom line is. This is probably your most enjoyable section of the, of the little letter. So let's take a look at the words. So uh, page, uh, verse 20. So, but you, 
beloved, so the but you, we're transitioning back to the believers. You beloved, this is agapetos, this is the, the dear, the dearly beloved, uh, building yourselves up. So again, if you look at the, the, uh, the tense here of the building up, it's this present active participle. So your next blank there is repeatedly building up. Um, and and the, the thing I want to make sure that we see that's a difference here is that th- there are ways to read this where you can, you kind of got to watch me here. Um, uh, you with me? Building yourself up. Building yourself, like building yourself up. That, that is not what he is talking about here. The, the word, your next blank here, is to build upon. This, this implies that there is something firm and solid upon which you actually will build. And it is not me. Right? I am not the firm constant uh, of the universe that all things should revolve around and I should use as the center of uh, my own growth. That is uh, utterly and completely ridiculous. If, you, if we want to see examples of people uh, building themselves up in an arrogant, prideful way, all we have to do is look at the prior verses in Jude and we see what this looks like. So this is not a... Uh, uh, you need good self-esteem, pep talk, you know, you're great, fantastic. Um, he says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. So the, the foundation of our ability to uh, be and to be built into the body of Christ that God desires is the faith. Um, and if we think about, you know, w- where does our faith come from? So I'll just ask a real quick question. So where, where does our faith come from? God, right? He gives us the ability to have the faith in Him, uh, which is a a really encouraging thing, right? Because the Father sets a standard of righteousness that we can't meet, and then is the answer to His own standard in His Son, which we can't meet, and then supplies the Spirit to indwell us and to fulfill the calling that God has called us to, which we can't meet without Him. So you have this fully Trinitarian effort to actually meet the standard that God alone set for us. Uh, So he not only set the standard, he meets the standard, and he enables us to fulfill the standard, which is really awesome. (laughs) And none of that results in me building up and feeling awesome about me. This is, I am the servant who defers to the sovereign king of the universe and says, thank you, Lord, for allowing us to participate. All right, so uh, repeatedly building yourselves up upon the faith. So this is the persuasion. This is the confidence that we have in a thing. Um, you know, we're not building upon ourselves, but upon the faith that we were given by the apostles. Uh, and then the next word there is praying. Now, once you look in your translation of the Bible, is you might have a different word other than praying. Anybody? You know why? It's the generic word for praying. <laughs> if you picked another word for the, than praying, you're just trying to be cute at this point. So it's just the generic word for praying. This is not anything specific. This is uh, just praying to God. And again, here's another present participle. You, you may see a theme in today's lesson, by the way. Uh, this repeatedly praying. So we're repeatedly building and we're repeatedly praying. And we're not just praying just to, just to pray, but there's a very specific way here in the Holy Spirit, in the Hagios Numa. Um, and 
if, if you want a helpful treatment of this particular phrase, flip over to the third page in your handout at the very bottom of it. And I have given you a, uh, something to Google and something to listen to. Uh, John Piper has a very helpful sermon, and it's, it's a, there's a transcript of it as well. So if you're not a, like, well, I don't want to just stop and listen. That's fine. You can read for 10 minutes, and you'll get the, the gist of it as well. But it's a very helpful sermon on uh, learning to pray in the Spirit and the Word, uh, where he is going through Jude. Uh, and oh, by the way, there are other people that have taught through this book. I strongly encourage you to listen to them as well. This is a, a great way to get a more fleshed-out, well-rounded approach on uh, what a text is actually saying. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consciously not answer the uh, what does praying in the Spirit mean question today because I am firmly convinced that that's about a three-hour answer. Uh, and I'll play tag with John Piper. I'll let him handle that one. How's that? All right. So repeatedly building up, uh, repeatedly praying in the Holy Spirit. And then we get to verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God. So this word for keep uh, is the word for uh, your next two blanks are hold fast. Now this is, this is a versatile word. And one of the reasons that I put these definitions in your handout is I want us to be able to see the flexibility in these words. That words are not, uh, well some are, but the, the vast majority of the words used in the Greek New Testament have more than one definition. You have a range of definitions. And this is actually the third time uh, this word has showed up in Jude, which is I mean, it's a short letter, and you're going to use it that many times. The first time it showed up was in uh, Jude 1.1, 1, 1. Uh, and this was to those who are called, sanctified, and preserved, the, or some of your translations might say kept in Jesus Christ. So the idea was uh, we talked about the, uh, the detaining. I don't know if you remember this uh, blank that I had you fill in, but this idea that who is doing the detaining? God is doing the detaining. He is preserving us. He is making sure that we are kept. And whoever is doing the detaining is the one in charge. The one being detained is not the one in the authority. The one doing the detaining is the one in authority. So this word can mean uh, to detain, to keep. Uh, when we were talking about the angels who did not keep their, uh, their estate, they did not keep their place where they were supposed to stay, this word also means to keep unmarried. And so Jude uses this when he's talking about historically. We think this is the Genesis 6 text. Uh, was it Genesis 6 or 9? 6, right? Yes, thank you. Thank you for knowing that and not having to look it up. I appreciate that. Uh, this is the Genesis 6 text where the, we think the angels came down and somehow bred with humans, and it's this odd conglomeration of just weirdness, just really, really, and there are, if, you, if you've just ever sat down and read through an entire book of the Bible, odds are you're going to come across some spots you're going to go, that's weird. Like, just, that's some strange stuff. But the reality is, if you go through your life, every once in a while you're going to come up on a scenario and you're going to go, uh, this is strange. Uh, this is kind of odd. I don't, I don't have a clean bucket to put this in, and that's okay. That's one of the things I love about the Bible is it doesn't paint over the weirdness. It just, here's the weirdness. And this is the reality, is that broken world has broken things. Uh, so, so this word uh, can mean to keep unmarried, but here what he's looking at as far as the kind of the position in the definition is to hold fast. So I have a, uh, uh, I have a question I'm going to ask you here in just a second, but it says, verse 21, keep yourselves in the love, in the agape of God. 
So do you see the, the question in purple text on your handout? So who does the keeping? Do we do the keeping as we are commanded to do? Because the, the keep there, uh, Miss Amy, is an imperative, right? So we are commanded to keep. But back in verse 1, it, it says God keeps. So who is, who is responsible? What's my favorite answer? <laughs> Almost. Yes is your blank. Yes. There, there are certain things in which we are jointly responsible with God. He has a role. We have a role. Right? Okay. Now, if I abdicate my role, can I get out of his grip? No. Because true believers don't. Right? Uh, which is shockingly assuring. It is deeply comforting. Uh, and I don't want us to miss that. So, so we are commanded to hold fast. So we're, we're told to repeatedly build, repeatedly pray, uh, to hold fast. And then we get to the next phrase here, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do you think this looking for is in? So you see the, pat, the present participle? So repeatedly looking for. Now, there's a pattern that we built up over the last several weeks of these repeatedlys being associated with the ungodly. The ungodly repeatedly do this. They repeatedly do this. They repeatedly do this. They repeatedly do this. There's these habits, these lifestyles of repeated action. And what I think Jude is doing with his tenses here is showing us the godly have a lifestyle of repeated action as well. Right? You can paint a picture of what an ungodly life looks like. You can paint a picture of what a godly looks, life looks like. And this is looking for the mercy. Uh, your next blank there is to admit. This is to bring close. This is to, to allow into. Um, and if you look at the parentheses after admit, make sure, looking around, yep, okay. Would we all agree that that would be an intimate admittance? Okay. So this would be to admit into one's bed. So this is not a, oh yeah, every once in a while I think about this. No, no, this is a significant admittance. This is a significant looking for. This is a, a I think you could even say a, a passionate, uh, a, a desirous uh, accepting or allowing or taking of what? Taking the mercy of this compassion, this tender mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. So it's not just... It's not just about today. It's also about this eternal life that is to come. And then we come to verse 22. Uh, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. And if, if you're just doing your average Bible daily reading and you're halfway asleep and you read this verse, it might be one of those you go, wait, what? What? Do, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, okay? But others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. All right. So Jude has been doing this the entire letter, drawing a distinction between two parties, between them that are the pagans and you that are not. And he is doing uh, another, he's drawing another distinction here. So on some have compassionate. 
do you see that the tense here is present active imperative, so a command, to compassionate, to compassionate, to be compassionate, right? To have compassion, to show mercy on. Uh, and we know what this looks like, right? We've all seen compassion in action. We've all experienced compassion in action. But what compassion does is it makes a distinction. So do you see the diacrino uh, right after the word distinction there in your notes? So dia means to go through, right? This is our, uh, the, uh, the first couple letters of the word diameter, to go through the center of something. And then crino, the word uh, that we saw over and over and over again in Romans, which is to judge. So this is going through judgment. This is making some type of an assessment. Um, and this is the present participle. So again, this is repeatedly making a distinction. I like that, Chris. Admitting God to our lives as we admit our spouse, becoming one flesh, one heart, becoming so ingrained and intertwined so as to become indistinguishable. That's good. And here I thought you were just goofing off over there. Awesome. That's awesome. He, he's, he's listening, folks. He's actually listening. That's great. So making a distinction. So, so do we make a distinction once? No. Our lives are characterized by repeatedly looking into the world and making a determination. Uh, and you can call this judging, uh, not in a uh, condemning sort, but I have to make a judgment as to what action I need to do right here. Does this make sense? So this is not the I'm better than you and I'm pronouncing judgment. This is, you know, we, we have to make a decision. Um, we're in the process of finishing up Anna Grace's hours right now before she gets her driver's license. And w what I have come to the conclusion is like 95% of this is teaching her how to judge in the moment. Right? I mean, there's a, you have to know the rules, you have to know the physical movements, but th this is actually very, very small. The reality is when she comes to an intersection and a car pulls out, she needs to really know exactly what to do right then. And there doesn't need to be a, well, I think I should phone a friend. No, 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 no. Like, when you drove here, or especially if you didn't drive here and you watched somebody else, you really were doing a lot of judging as to, nope, that was not a good move. Yes, this was a good move. I'm going to give you some feedback right now. Um, and, and in my mind, this is the... This is the making a distinction. I, I've got to make a call. What am I going to do? Am I going to proceed down the significant compassion road? Or am I going to proceed down the, I've got to jerk you up out of the fire. Right? And if, if you've ever seen children, you know that when you are disciplining, there are two fundamental options, right? There is the this is a teachable, compassionate moment. And then there's the, you are about to step into the road. I'm going to jerk you up uh, and we're going to save you right now. Um, several, several years ago, seven, eight, nine years ago, we were having a uh, vacation Bible school here at this campus. And... Uh, a family that had some grandkids inserted into their life 
uh, had some of those grandkids who liked to run periodically uh, away from the campus. And I was doing security in the parking lot, and we had a kid go running. And some of you heard me tell this story before. And, and the kid went running, and the kid went running directly toward that road. And now that's not a hyper-busy road, right? I mean, if they'd been running toward Hickson Pike, this is bad. However, there just happened to be cars coming from both directions. I thought, this is not going to end well. So what do I do? I run the boy down. Got a hold of him and basically tackled him in the grass right before. Some of you are like, you did not run. This is, I told you, this is, many, <laughs> this is many years ago, right? Before all the back problems. Got the boy down and he looks up at me and starts to laugh. And I was like, I did not have the same expression on my face, <laughs> I can assure you, because I was firmly in the snatch him, whoop, snatch him up's over here, snatch him up out of the fire. I wanted no part of compassion at that moment, <laughs> right? Um, he came back, everybody was, oh, he's safe, he's okay, this is great, and they're all, they're in the compassion mode until his grandma, and then grandma was in the, I'm going to snatch him up somewhere else, so, and that... <laughs> That happened that way too. So, so what I want us to see here is I want us to see that we've got a distinction to make. We have a, a call, a judgment call to make. Do we want to go compassionate, reaching out on these some, or do we want to go pulling them out? And the distinction is repeated. So, but others, verse 23, saves. So, so this is where we get our uh, soteriology, the salvation idea, deliverance, protection. Save with fear. And the, the fear is... Phobos, right? This is not a, like, oh, oh, ha, 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 that was, that was funny, scary. No, no, like, scary, scary, right? Um, and, and if I think back on my salvation experience, the moment of conversion, uh, and if I challenge you to, I think for some of us, we can look back and say, I heard a compassionate, compelling explanation of the gospel and was wowed with Jesus' love for me. And for some of us, it was, I heard somebody describe the flames of hell so real that they were licking at my toes, and it scared me. And for some of us, it was, I think I heard a little of both. I, I particularly don't care. I just want you to say yes. Right? And there's a couple of different paths to get to yes that both go through Jesus Christ as far as the method that we share. So... Others save with fear, pulling. Again, another present participle. So this is repeatedly pulling. Are you tired yet from all your repeated action that Jesus is calling you to do? Repeatedly pulling them out of the fire. So why would we need to repeatedly pull somebody out of the fire? Because we're stupid. Yes, that's exactly right. We are presented with the greatest gift that the world has ever known, and we go, nah, nah. And it's just this, like, what is going on? So sometimes we have to repeatedly pull people out of the fire. And while we're doing this pulling out of the fire, it's possible to get burned. Like, it is not comfortable to repeatedly pull somebody. It is tiring, it is exhausting, and we are called to continue. So the word for hating uh, is also uh, repeatedly hating. <laughs> Darla said she chased that same kid down railroad tracks once. <laughs> I just hope he gets a gold medal in the Olympics one day because the kid is fast. Um, 
That would be fantastic. Uh, so we are, so as we do this work of repeatedly pulling and repeatedly pulling, repeatedly pulling, we don't ever get to the point where we go, man, I, I, I really like where this person is right now. I like what they're wallowing around in. I like how close they got to the it. No, 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 it's none of that. We hate the garment defiled by the flesh. This flesh, uh, as, uh, as opposed to the spirit, this flesh that impacts and bleeds off on other things and it's just, it's ugly and it's messy and it's just the way that uh, this is all working. So what are our repeatedlies? Let's go back through real quick and look. So we repeatedly build up. We repeatedly pray. We repeatedly look for or admit. We repeatedly make these distinctions, these judgment calls. We repeatedly pull and we repeatedly hate. So I would, I would challenge us to say that uh, your first application point is repeated ungodliness is best faced with repeated godliness. Um, and, and we have decisions to make, right? Every single day, you have a decision to make. What am I going to do today? Like literally, what am I going to do? What am, am I going to get out of bed or not? Right? Am I going to be passive or am I going to be active? All right, I'm, I'm hungry, so I'm going to eat. All right, I'm going to go be active and feed myself. All right, I'd like to like, survive and have something in my bank account, so I'm, I'm going to go to work and, and work. All right, I'd like to go to sleep at some point, so I'm going to go back home and go to sleep. But there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of little decisions all throughout the day. Am I going to be active about my faith or am I going to be passive about my faith? And our choice right and what i am learning from jude is that the devil is passionately repeatedly doing work to aggressively further his domain and what jesus is calling us to do is to passionately repeatedly be active um, so this application number one Repeated ungodliness is best faced with repeated godliness. The personalized number one, I want to make sure that I'm not up here telling you, implying in any way, shape, or form that you can do this on your own. We cannot do this on our own. The answer to having the strength and the ability to be repeatedly godly involves actively abiding in Christ. Because it is only through that relationship and that connection will we have any ability in any way shape or form to work out what god has worked in so it is not a i got my as daryl says my 7-eleven big gulp ready to go for the week and i'm all right and then by saturday man i'm just worn out and what do we do next i don't know this is a repeated actively abiding in christ um, so application number two uh, we have a great savior and a great responsibility Man, Chris, you're just all over it, buddy. You're going to make me read this one too. So if you think about it, we are all repeatedly falling short of the mark, and God is repeatedly there for us. This is the message of steadfastness, God's steadfastness. You need to put your apostrophe in there. We are not, uh, I know it is, but seriously, this is like, this is the one time you got to get this right. So we're not, uh, I am a grammar Nazi about 
When we, when we take God's name, I'm going to start being the grammar Nazi. This is God's steadfastness to us in the face of our repeated stubbornness in returning to our sinful vomit like a dog. Yes, yeah, not where I thought the quote was going, but yes. Um, <clears throat> I would have stopped on the sentence before, but that's all right. But do we not have a great Savior and a great responsibility? And the fact that we even get to participate in any way, shape, or form in this is utterly amazing to me. Utterly amazing. So, personalized number two, thank God for both our great Savior and our great responsibility. And then application number three, the Christian life is an active life. And I, when I say active, I am in no way, shape, or form am I talking about CrossFit or running or uh, physical exercise, right? There's a degree of that that we need to do to be able to minister as God has called us to. What I'm talking about is the build upon, the pray, the keep, the look, the compassionate, the make, the save, the pull, the hate. We have plenty to do. So uh, personalized number three is be active in godliness. Be active in godliness. And then next week, uh, I was telling... Chris Cordes called me last night. We were talking through a Bible question. And uh, he asked me what I was teaching on today. And I came and gave him a 20-second overview of the lesson. And I said, you know what next week is? He's like, oh, it's that pretty prayer. I said, yes, it is that pretty prayer. I said, Chris, I, I actually believe it, of, of all the hundreds and hundreds of books I've ever read and the poetry and the literature and the plays and the, uh, all the different aspects, I still think this is one of the most beautiful pieces of literature that I have ever read in my entire life this prayer that Jude makes in verses 24 and 25. Uh, because it is all about Jesus. It is all about him. And, and we are the helpless ones who he saves. And that's a beautiful message. So next week, uh, Lord willing, we will finish up our series in Jude. Uh, and then the following week, uh, Lord willing, we will start in Second Peter. Uh, which some of you are going, wait, we just did Jude. We're going to do Second Peter? Yes, we are. And it'll be okay. And you'll see why that's funny in about four weeks. Yes, that'll be good. So uh, your weekly update is on your table. Uh, so lean in, engage. This is our opportunity to be active. Uh, and uh, after you have prayed as a table over those requests, then you are dismissed to head into the sanctuary. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and to our weekly email. You can do both at OurSundaySchool.com.